Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hello and welcome in to the Lombardi line on a Wednesday alongside Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bond and Tony with you. And we're going to jump right in. Lots to get to today because for the second day in a row, we have massive news that comes through overnight. Yesterday, it was James Harden to the Los Angeles Clippers. And then now this morning, we get the bombshell dropped, Michael, that in Vegas, Raiders head coach Josh McDaniels and general manager Dave Ziegler were fired and now enter the human element as well. Michael, your son, Mick, OC in Vegas yeah. caught in the crossfire as well. You've you've been in this business a long time. You've seen it all. It doesn't get any easier though when these types of things happen. Well, you know, it's always hard for your son because you know, no matter how old they are, they're still little boys, right? And so you always want to try to do something to protect your kids. And unfortunately, as they get older, you can't. And so it's harder actually on me than it is him. I mean, everybody keeps telling them they're sorry, but. Look, when they entered this profession, both of them, they accepted the code of conduct that goes with this profession, which is you're vulnerable. You're going to get fired at some point during your career. It's happened to the greatest coach of all time and Paul Brown. It's happened to bad coaches. It happens to everybody. You move on. And this isn't going to be the moment that defines you, but how you react will define you. And so it is unfortunate. I feel bad for McDaniels because he is a friend. And, you know, this is the second job in a row where he hasn't even gotten two full seasons at a place where they were told they were going to try to rebuild. And some of it's on them, right? They've made some horrendous decisions within the building that they have to be accountable for. And the one thing I do know in my time in the NFL is when you don't come in with a plan, when you don't come in with a, with a clear idea about where we're going at the quarterback position, the owner is going to take a lot of heat for not winning. And if your owners can stand, handle it and stays off of Twitter, pretty good. But David Tepper said something very revealing, the owner of the Carolina Panthers this summer. They asked him, what's the hardest thing about being an owner? And he said Twitter. Yeah. And so the social media and all those aspects come together. And if your owner's not bought into the plan or doesn't trust you to run the plan, 
then your time is limited. So life goes on. You know, he's got a contract. He'll be fine. Josh McDaniels has four more years at a ridiculous amount of money. He'll be fine. So will Dave Ziegler. And the Raiders will be fine, too, because what we know about these organizations is they go on. They go on. But at some point, Mark Davis is going to have to say, okay, I trust this guy enough to withstand all the criticism. It's going to take some time to rebuild this program. Right. They will go on with linebacker coach Antonio Pierce in the interim as the head coach assistant GM Champ Kelly will be interim GM and the Raiders will then conduct their coaching search moving forward in the offseason. But you mentioned it and I said to you off air before we got started today this I was shocked by the timing of it because it did feel kind of like a knee jerk reaction to a bad performance on Monday night. Maybe it goes twofold the last couple weeks with the decision making from McDaniels to go ahead and start Brian Hoyer. And then last week, Jimmy Garoppolo, probably the nail in the coffin there in his performance. Um, but to me, it's just again, you said it one and a half years into a six year contract where you're given the expectation up front that you'll have the opportunity to rebuild. And I hear so many people today on the radio talking about how, oh, well, he inherited a 10 win team that went to the playoffs and went toe to toe with the Bengals and the Bengals ended up going to the Super Bowl. But like I was doing a deep dive into that season, Michael. And yeah, they went 10 and seven, but that Raiders team was outscored by 65 points. They went seven and two in games that were decided by seven points or less. So you have that luck factor, that four-game winning streak to end the season concluded with wins over quarterbacks Nick Mullins and Drew Locke. Carson Wentz had chosen not to be vaccinated. You remember it's the COVID year. He ends up um, coming back from the COVID list like hours before that game. And their young core, all of the draft picks, the first-round picks that haven't worked out for the Raiders that aren't McDaniel's fault. Like, I'm not trying to make excuses for the Raiders in this spot, but it's not like he inherited like this team that was really blossoming and on this trajectory to make an incredible run. I feel like they were kind of set up for failure and then weren't given a lot of opportunity to kind of build something. Well, I I think that's what Mark Davis has to look at, right? He's got to decide to himself, like, how am I going to repair this? Because in the last, since 2002, since we went to the Super Bowl in two, They've only had two seasons, two seasons of which they had a positive point differential. Two. They had one in 2016 when they went to the playoffs and lost that wild card game, right? And they had one in 2010 with Tom Cable, and that was just 39 yards. Other than that, they have not even come close, not come close to a difference in point differential. Gruden took over a team that, you know, his first year there, he's minus 177. The next year, he's down to minus 106. Then he's down to minus 44. So this team hasn't been really in in play. Now, if you talk to Raider fans, they think they're right there, right? And then you look at the draft picks, of which, again, Mark Davis has given people the authority to run those picks. And so, you know, look, there's two players from the – you go back the last six drafts, there's only really two players, Jacobs – and Colton yeah. Miller that are contributing at a level that you would expect for th- first three-round picks. I mean, the, the the 21 draft is a complete washout with Leatherwood and all those guys, and then the 22 with Ruggs and everybody else is a washout. But nobody wants to hear about that, right? It's the great Lou Holtz line, where Lou Holtz says 80% of the people uh, don't care about your problems, and the other 20% are happy you have them. And so nobody's going to listen to this is really not a good situation in terms of the talent level. They saw they went to the playoffs in 11, 21, excuse me, and they think they're a playoff team. 
I knew watching the Monday night game, I was sitting with Big Daddy, and I could tell from Aikman the way he was treating the situation without really any kind of objectivity towards the coaching staff that he probably knew something was going to happen. And so, you know, that's what happens in our profession. You accept it. You move on. Life goes on. You, that's why you have contracts. And, you know, you can sit here and make a thousand excuses, but at the end of the day, you don't win close games. You're going to get fired. You go through this list, Michael, specifically with first-round picks. You mentioned Ruggs, Damon Arnett, Alex Leatherwood, Jonathan oh, Abram. They declined the option for Cleland Farrell. They, they declined the option for Josh Jacobs as well. He ends up obviously earning the contract last year. But you break it down, five of their last seven first-round picks are no longer with the team. And when we talk about patience with, with, with certain coaches and how they go on to progress or not – Kyle Shanahan, we talk about him all the time on this program. 10 and 22, his first two seasons in San Francisco. Dan Campbell, 419 and 1 to start his Lions head coaching career. He's gone 13 and 4 since. And so you look at some of these coaches, how they get the opportunity to build on it. Even John Gruden started 11 and 21 in his second stint with the Raiders. But yeah. moving forward. But, but again, he yeah. had they had a positivity from the social. There, nobody was on them. This is look, Josh. For whatever reason, partly because of the Patriot way, partly because of no one really believes in that. I mean, Mark Davis was getting pressure to fire him last year, the first year in a six-year contract. I mean, think about that. I mean, there was a lot of that. And when you get that behind, when that comes behind you, it's hard to overcome. And they started this year truly probably believing they needed to win. And they weren't, they're not a good enough team. Here's the, here's the funny thing. Like the decision to fire Carr wasn't to, to change from Carr wasn't just one person. It was a universally organizational decision that probably wanted to go back in time to do it earlier. So when you fired Carr, which was probably the right thing as an organization, you couldn't expect that you're going to turn this around unless you got a first round, unless you got drafted a quarterback, which mm-hmm. there wasn't one when you picked. So like at some point you have to grin and bear the rebuild. And if you're not ready to do it, or in Mark Davis's defense, maybe he felt like Ziggler and McDaniels weren't the right people to rebuild his franchise. Now he's back out looking again for this, and he's got a lot of money tied up in two coaches, Gruden in that lawsuit, and now McDaniels. There are already, you know, names swirling on social media about who could be the next guy. I feel like speaking of Twitter and social media, Jim Harbaugh is like the big name that everybody thinks because of what's going on at Michigan. He could come back to the NFL. Could he make sense? Are there any names that already have come to mind to you or just kind of sit back and take this next step forward? Well, I I think it's got to be somebody who Mark Davis is like when he gave John Gruden the 10-year contract. Look, he loved John Gruden. You know, and he and he did not see any of the problems with John. He gave him a ten-year contract, and he gave John three years of of losing record. I mean, four, twelve, seven, and nine, eight, and eight. Right, the best John ever finished was second. I mean, John's record after not after Dungey, when you examine that, has not been good. But he believed in John. I think the most important thing in this next hire is for Mark Davis to believe in the guy. If that's Jim Harbaugh, that'd be great. If it's someone, if it's Antonio Pierce, that's great. But at some point, he's going to have to lay a foundation and believe he's hired the right people to run this. Because if he continues to go down this road where they're blowing draft picks, look, you're playing against Mahomes and Herbert. Yeah. You better get your act together pretty quickly, or you're not going to catch on to him. And you got Sean Payton there sitting in Denver. 
right? So it's not an easy division to walk into. You better figure it out quickly, and we'll see. I mean, look, I, I again, I'm not upset. I think this is was I, I think this was inevitable. You could feel it coming, and I felt it after the Monday night game because you could just sense that they didn't have the confidence in the people making those decisions. Looking to the the game ahead this weekend, the Giants have gone from getting two and a half to getting just one and a half in Vegas against the Raiders. I think that flips. When yeah. they name Aiden O'Connell, the st- I mean, first of all, you're putting Aiden O'Connell in a game against Don Martindale's blitz package. That's going to be a challenge. I see this line moving, even though we don't know who the starting quarterback is for the Giants yet. They haven't declared Jones yeah. as the def- starter. We'll know today. But right now it's 2BD. And look, they elevated Tommy DeVito. Think about that. Yeah. Yep, a lot that we need to keep an eye on with this game. And again, for the meantime, Antonio Pierce will be the guy leading the charge for the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, When we come back here on the Lombardi line, we'll go back to a little bit of what happened yesterday in the trade deadline. Not as many big names or as much action as I think we anticipated going into the day, but still some notable roster tweaks to go over. We'll get Michael to grade the trade as we roll on here on the Lombardi line. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Become a VSEN Pro subscriber today and get a daily email recapping all the best bets from our show hosting guests. You'll also get unlimited access to the VSEN.com slash picks page. Sort picks by sport, matchup, event date, and more. You can also check on the top VSEN experts leaderboard to view betting records, profit, and ROI. See which VSEN expert has the hot hand. For VSEN Pro picks, betting splits, betting guides, plus 24-7 video access, become a VSEN Pro subscriber today. Sign up now and get access to everything we do through May 1st for only $120 at vcin.com slash subscribe. Welcome back to the Lombardi line as we kind of wrap up that conversation from our opening block about the Raiders, Michael. I saw this come across on Twitter and I'll have to do the math in my head to confirm if this is true or not. But during the Andy Reid era, 
17 different coaches between like interims and head coaches have coached the Raiders, Broncos and Broncos and Chargers in that time that he's been yeah. with KC. That's wild. Right. I mean, and but look, nobody, you know, patience. Andy Reid went 6 and uh, 4 and 12 his last season. I mean, there's nobody has patience, but where Reid was really good was Reid's first year in Philly, you know, he got the second pick overall in the draft and he got Donovan McNabb and all of a sudden now he's building his team. When you take over a team with expectations like with Carr, even though the 10 and 7 you and I know was very fortunate, right? You can say whatever you want, it was, but when you don't show the fan base a plan, for as much as I hate the process, right? And I hate it with a passion. What I learned from it was sell the plan. Like it, they sold it. They had idiots screaming the process works, right? They had people buying into the process. There's T-shirts about the process, right? It's been a colossal failure. But when you sell something and you tell people, here's our plan, here's what we're going to try to accomplish, you'll get people to buy into it. But you got to hit with the picks. You got to do the right thing, right? You can't make the mistake on, you know, look, I've said this numerous times, so I'm on record. One of the things I learned from Bill Walsh, one of the many, many, many things I've learned from him was simply this. The last position on your team, the last position on your team that you fix is the wide receiver because it's impossible to maneuver around if you just have a great receiver. I mean, the Calvin Johnsons, and just go through all of them that had were on these great receivers that really couldn't help their team win. And I think to me, where the Niners gain an advantage and where some of these other teams, Philadelphia, is they stick to a team-building philosophy of offensive and defensive linemen. And when you don't have that philosophy and all of a sudden you're trading for receivers when your roster isn't good and you don't have any draft picks to support it, you can't get the ball to them. It's like the other night. Everybody said, well, they're not getting the ball to the receiver. Well, okay, they, they threw it to him twice. He's wide open, but they missed the throw. They're high school throws. you got to make those throws. But to me, it comes down to that. And that's where you can say he didn't have enough, Josh didn't have enough time, but they made, but in the time that they had, they made a lot of mistakes. Now, Gruden made, made, way, made way more in terms of think about what the trade was for, uh, for Khalil Mack, Amari Cooper, but he got more time because Mark was bought in. See, I think Mark wasn't bought into this one, even though he said he was. And I think that's the difference. These owners, you know, they'll stand with you for a while, but if they're catching so much heat on social media or from their friends, they only stand so long. They can only stand so long. You're going to have to produce quickly. Michael, as we talk about the plan, what's the plan for the Atlanta Falcons as we see the news this morning that Taylor Heineke is going to go ahead and start this week for Atlanta against the Vikings? I think a lot of that is a lot of that is look, we got a chance to win the North. We got a chance to win the South, right? I mean, there's no team here in the South that's so good. Okay, so like let's let, like who is it Tampa? Is it New Orleans? You know, who is it, right? And so, like, who gives us the best chance? I'm sure the owner's sitting there saying, like, who gives us the best chance to win? We're 4-4. Four and four. We're the best team in the South. We can beat Tampa. We did it with Ritter, even though we turned the ball over three times he fumbled. So why not give ourselves a chance with Heineke and see if he can go forward? And I, and I think a lot of the, the negativity towards Ritter that is created creates doubt within the team. So they've got to do what they have to do. This is what happens when you can't sell the player, right? You can't, the player doesn't meet you halfway. You know, it's one thing you bring Garoppolo in and Jimmy 
for whatever reason, hasn't been able to play to the level he played in San Francisco. Well, you could say, well, he had better players around him in San Francisco. Well, that's true, but he also didn't miss as many throws as he missed yeah. in San Francisco. So, you, you know, so I think the confidence level in Ritter, because of the turnovers and the, the situation that they're in, they're saying, hey, we got a good team. Carolina's not any good. We know the Saints aren't that good. And, you know, we've beaten Tampa already. Let's see if we can get some experience at the position and not turn the ball over. Yeah, with Ritter, seven turnovers the last three weeks, four, three interceptions, four fumbles lost, four of those turnovers coming in the red zone, so at costly times. Um, they're laying five this week against a Minnesota Vikings team, Michael, who yesterday made some moves at the trade deadline. Uh, Josh Dobbs now coming in over from the Arizona Cardinals. We also saw the Vikings trade Ezra Cleveland to the Jaguars, but um, now as we kind of like get set, going back to all the different trade moves that happened yesterday, whether it's that one or Chase Young or Montez Sweat. What were some of the bigger impact moves, in your opinion, that we saw yesterday? And, you know, who would you say is the biggest winner and biggest loser from yesterday? Well, I think the Bears are losers because I think Sweat's a good player. But look, let's be clear here. You know, Sweat's older than Chase Young. You know, even the, the numbers don't back up the deal. And now you got to sign them. You have to sign them to a contract, right? You have to sign Sweat to a contract, and you gave up a high second-round pick for him. I mean, it, it really doesn't make any sense why you would do that trade. It makes no sense at all. And so for me, you know, I'm not sure, and you don't even know if you're guaranteed to be back there. I mean, the Bears let this team make the move Without any, without, you know, like somebody would have said, hey, wait a minute, you can't do that. Why are we trading away a top, a pick that's so valuable? Like they didn't have any safety margin in this trade. And then you see the Niners trade for Chase Young, which I think is a really good trade, only because I compared it today in my article. Do you remember when Andrew Wiggins went from Minnesota to the Golden State Warriors? Yeah. All of a sudden, he no longer became, you're the man, Andrew, you got to win. He became an auxiliary piece. He fit the offense. It's the same thing with McCaffrey. As great as Christian is, he can't carry an offense. Mm -hmm. He cannot. He can add to the offense. And he does a great job of that. Chase Young isn't going to carry your defense. But if he's, a, if he's part of it, maybe he can add to it. And I think that's the problem. You know, these, we, we, we don't do a good enough job of understanding what's good to great, Right. I mean, Chase Young has been hurt quite a bit, right? We know that. He's, he hasn't played a full season in his entire career, right? But it, on San Francisco, with that defensive front, he doesn't have to be the guy. He doesn't have to be the guy. And with their D-line coach and the way they coach and get up the field and the way they teach technique, I think that move will be significant for them. I like the Donovan Peoples-Jones move, too, going back to Detroit. Gives him another receiver. Now, it doesn't give him the speed receiver, but it gives him a good pass catcher. I've always thought he made plays for Cleveland, mm -hmm. but Cleveland never really bought into him. Yeah, and I mean, looking to add depth, too, after Marvin Jones Jr. stepped away for personal reasons. What do you think about the the Rasul Douglas one? The Packers, you know, getting rid of him when th that just goes to show where the situation that they're at right now at two and five. But him going to the Bills, uh, an area of need, obviously, with Tredavious White and their defensive struggles. Does that move the needle for you in Buffalo? You know, I think, look, Buffalo is about, again, Buffalo is a team that is predicated on playing from in front, rushing the passer, and getting pressure on the passer and holding up in the back end. And I think Douglas will give them somebody who's better than what they've been playing with. I mean, you talk about, you know, you talk about some of the situations like people think Buffalo's again, this is all perception, right? 
Buffalo's roster is so good, right? Buffalo's got, you know, they do a great job of scouting. Okay, well, you know, they tried to trade Elam out there, their first-round pick in 22. Nobody wanted him. Teron Johnson, their slot corner, everybody goes after him. So Douglas helps them. Now, Bedford's got to play better. Bedford's a six-round pick in 22, and their secondary is old. But all that's insignificant. All that is insignificant. Because if they can play from in front, if they get the lead, and Josh Allen can play from in front, Mm -hmm. and Floyd and Von Miller, who's not playing well, and Espa can rush the passer, all of a sudden they look a lot better than they really are. Yeah, Buffalo obviously um, playing in the AFC and all those high-powered, pass-heavy AFC offenses – going to need to give Josh Allen a little bit of support so that he doesn't have to play Superman, but playing for a lead, there are a number of teams in the NFL, especially this year, where you feel like that's what gets them off the ground and they can play differently from that standpoint. We talked about the 49ers as one of those teams as well, which to go back to your point about Chase Young, I love that thought process that the pressure with him in San Francisco is so different and he doesn't have to be the guy because they've got guys. And because of all the talent on that front, he'll have some more one-on-one opportunities. Like I'm really excited to see how he can develop within that, that defense and being healthy. Like he's still a former, you know, top five pick in the national football league. If he can fill a little bit of what we thought that he would be prior to the injury, he's got five sacks in seven games this season Um, for anybody that wasn't with us on the air yesterday, to get a lot of that breaking news as it unfolded and Michael's thoughts on the trade deadline. Make sure you go check out that column on vcin.com right now. A really, really great breakdown and a reference to Michael's childhood as well, which I (laughs) particularly enjoyed. We're going to take a quick break here. Stay with us on the Lombardi line. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. If you listen to this show and you don't listen to the GM Shuffle podcast, what are you doing? It's a must listen. You get to hear former NFL executive, our guy Michael Lombardi, give his unfiltered opinion on players, teams, coaching decisions every Monday and Thursday throughout the football season. We got one hot off the presses coming out tomorrow morning. Download and subscribe to the GM Shuffle podcast from Beeson and DraftKings today, wherever you get your podcasts. And I know Michael loves the GM Shuffle. And... Not that you love Femi more than me, okay, I know, but you get to use more choice words on the podcast, which I feel like is always fun when you're well, yes, emphatic about something. You don't, you don't get me angry. Like, Femi will get me going <laughs> because, you know, he wants to, I need more time or, you know, he doesn't want to give up these long, you know, like the evidence won't ever really reckon into his mind. He's too he's too nice, so I got to get him going a little bit. I love it. You know, you, you kind of have your way. I mean, you kind of get your digs in. I appreciate him. I ease into it a little bit, though, I think. I love Um, it. So yesterday, Michael, obviously, and leading into today, there was so much news in the NFL that college football naturally took a back seat. But yesterday, we did have the first college football playoff selection committee rankings that came out. We have in the top four, Ohio State ends up coming in number one over Georgia. Um, which I thought that was the way that I had things played out in my top four, Michael. And so clearly I think that was nice to see that the committee did value, um, value the wins that they had. Georgia does come in at two, Michigan three, Florida state four. Did this kind of jive with your thought process of how things might play out yesterday? You know, I think the strength of schedule put Ohio state here, right? We know Georgia hasn't really been tested this week against Missouri. Perhaps they will. You know, uh, Michigan, the same thing. Have they not been tested? 
And I think Washington and Oregon are sitting in the best position you can be in right now because as as we talked about, you know, what you don't want to do, this is just a preliminary look, right? And so as it moves forward, the jockeying around will change and, and we'll see what happens. But I think they got this right for right now. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't ignore Michigan's dominance or Georgia's, but neither of their schedules allow them to beat a one. Ohio State, for whatever we think of them, beats Notre Dame in South Bend and you know beats Penn State at home. And those wins carry a lot of, lot of weight in terms of power rankings. Yeah, I thought it was good to see like the value of quality wins was important, at least in this initial rankings. And a lot of these things, Michael, we talked about it briefly yesterday, are going to work themselves out, right? Like this is just a good learning lesson glimpse. These rankings don't actually mean anything in the grand scheme of things and who's going to be in the playoff down the line. With all of these teams having back-loaded schedules still remaining, it's going to work itself out. And I'm very interested to see how things play out moving forward because, yeah, all six of these teams have tests the next four weeks where their schedules get harder. Like Michigan still needs to beat Ohio State and Penn State. Georgia, you talk about Missouri, they have three ranked opponents coming up, Missouri, Ole Miss, and Tennessee. Obviously, same thing with with how stacked the Pac-12 has been this year. Washington and Oregon with ample opportunity to prove themselves and then you get to that Pac-12 championship game. What I I think is interesting as it pertains to this weekend in college football, Alabama sitting there at eight feels like they have an elimination game against LSU this weekend. It's an elimination game for both, yeah. right? I mean, you know, LSU's quietly coming back into play and they've improved. And with Jaden Daniels, the way he's playing, and if he plays well, that Heisman number is going to go down. Yeah. But you're right. I think with Milrose playing and Alabama's defense improving, I think clearly – you know, this is a huge game for them. They can't stub their toe here. They cannot stub their toe against LSU. And LSU can gain all the momentum in terms of getting themselves back into the race again. So, yeah, I think this is a huge, huge game. And the other team that can't stub their toe is Texas, right? Mm. You know, Texas, you know, when they played Kansas, they got a break because Kansas' starting quarterback was out. You know, and then Oklahoma beat them, and that was a close game. So you could understand Oklahoma, that weather affected them. But I still come back to the two West Coast teams. I think Washington and Oregon are two of the best teams in the country. I really do. And that's why yesterday, like Oregon, even though they lost to Washington – I'm not sure they're not the best team in the country. I agree. I agree. And that's why we've talked about that Pac-12 championship game being so important because, I mean, Oregon very well could have won that regular season game against Washington. The Huskies end up getting it done. If if they have a rematch in the Pac-12 championship game like most of us expect, I could very easily see Oregon being the ones that end up winning their way out of it. As we talk about stubbing toes, though, I think Florida State is an interesting team that we have to watch as well because – they cannot afford a trip up given no. their schedule. No more ranked opponents. They have my, they're have they the one of that top six that does not have the backloaded schedule, right? Because right. they can't afford to stub their toe against Miami or at Florida. You need to win out and beat Louisville in that ACC championship game in order to do this. Yeah, and, and, and here's the other thing, too. I, I, I think, to me, the way the ACC has played out. Look, I know Duke was good and you know and Duke play was impressive but this is the North Carolina losing what they've done the last couple of weeks how strong is the Clemson how strong right. is the ACC right so that's where Florida is harvesting their win Florida State is harvesting their wins so 
to me, I agree. They have no margin for error, or they will be looking, even if they're undefeated and they don't look good, they'll be on the outside looking in. How was USC in this ranking? Mm. How? Uh, well, they're not going to be after this weekend. Right? Yeah. Got Washington this well, weekend. So I, yeah. it's going to be officially official that they're knocked out. But I, what, the one thing I will give as a positive, at least for the Pac-12, is that for Washington, that's going to count now. I mean, granted, anything can happen on any given day, but I think we all expect Washington to win this weekend. But that that's another thing to pad the resume, resume for the Huskies is the depth of the Pac-12 and them being ranked is going to be a CFP ranked win for them. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, Washington has to – they haven't played well the last couple. They've won, but they haven't played well. I think the other thing, too, is I think Kansas State's getting a little overlooked. I don't know about you, but I think Kansas State's too low. Yeah. I don't think they're going to be a national championship team. Don't get me wrong. But I think, to me, they get disrespected in the Big 12 when I think they're going to be one of the hardest teams to play in the Big 12. Well, and you talk about Texas not being able to afford to stub their toe without Quinn Ewers this coming weekend. They got to take on Kansas State, who is exactly. hitting their stride at the right time, Michael. The last two games against TCU and against Houston, they've outscored those two opponents, I want to say, 80-something to three. So they've been able to click on all facets and... I think what they do offensively is a challenge because they have the option of the two quarterbacks. Will Howard has been pretty rock solid since they had that kind of wake-up call win. I mean, wake-up call loss, excuse me, to Oklahoma State. They've been clicking at a different level. Their like practice, production, all of these things have been better. And Avery Johnson, that young freshman quarterback, the ability that he has offensively to inject his legs in a situation when you need forces opposing defenses to pre- prepare differently because they don't know which guy or what situation they're going to get. Yeah, no question. The big game for Kansas State. Yeah. And, and it's a big game for, you know, for. Te- I mean, is it Arch Manning going to be the guy? Is that what they're saying? I thought it was going to be Murphy, the kid that came yeah. in last week, but I don't. I, yeah, I haven't looked into it enough to see for sure. But I, I was under the impression it was Murphy. I didn't see um, Sarge's press conference yesterday. To red, are they trying to redshirt Arch? Is that what they think the plan is? So it's an interesting thing because I feel like that would it would make sense for the long term. But if you need your team to win win now, it doesn't make sense. So I don't. Yeah. I don't know how Sark's thinking. Is on that, but I would say unlikely, unlikely to start if he didn't last week. Correct? Yeah. So I mean, to me, yeah, that told that tells you a lot. That tells you an awful lot. Um, but yeah, basically, as we kind of wrap up our thoughts on this college football playoff rankings, Michael, I know nobody else cares but me, but I love yeah. me some group of five football, and I was very surprised to see Air Force, who's undefeated, ranked underneath Tulane, that Tulane is kind of in the driver's seat once again for a New Year's Six Bowl like they had last year, despite having loss on their record. Yeah, I mean, look, Air Force, I think Air Force, everybody likes the story. Nobody wants to back the team because if they get behind in a game with their offense, can they really score? I mean, I think Troy Calhoun's done a marvelous job there at Air Force. And I, I and they're one of those teams that you do not want to play. You do not want to play Air Force. I can promise you that. I, Air Force would get 400 yards against USC. I promise you. They might not beat them, but they would they would make USC struggle. No question. Uh, that Their defense is as like as good as any that you can find in college football right now. Um, but Tulane, I, I've seen them up close and personal, and they've they've tripped up in games. Like they're not looking yeah. like the team that they struggled had... last week. They yes. they got it going. You you know, right? 
Yes, like I I covered them in one game this year. I covered them a lot last year. And last year they looked different to me. They looked, especially with Tajay Spears, who we know now is with the Tennessee Titans, like their offense just took off and they're finding ways to win games, which I guess is its own skill in itself, but it just doesn't look the same. So interesting battle, I think, there in the group of five to keep an eye on, especially since James Madison, Michael, who I'm actually covering this weekend, 8-0, group of five team in the Sun Belt, they can't be ranked because they're still making that transition from FCS to FBS, caught in a, caught in a little bit of a bad break there, unfortunately. I hate that rule. I hate some yeah. of these rules in, in college sports in general. We saw it in the NCAA tournament the last two yeah. years, right? Teams win their conference tournament don't get to play in the ncaa tournament antiquated in my opinion but it that's is. for You're conversation right. for another in, day Stormy. you went to you went to that selection meeting you need to interject in there you yeah. know you got a presence go ahead st- tell them when i was watching the video yesterday i was like at the mock meeting i sat right there where chris alt was sitting in the gray sweatshirt we'll be right back on the lombardi line there's no distance too far for the perfect trip hi checking in for or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this week, new customers can bet $5 and pocket 200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat, same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code VEGAS when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. I feel like usually... When we come in and we start talking about Survivor from the previous week, we're like, oh, there was carnage. There were so many people that were knocked out. Michael, only 36 people were knocked out last week. Only 36. Yeah. Well, it was an easier week. I mean, it, you know, it took some guts. You had to take the Chargers, right? Yeah. More you than half. good about them. More than half off, the I know. But, okay, but the other half might have to take them this week against the Jets. Do you feel good about that? <laughs> I mean, I don't. So I, I think that last week, to me, it wasn't as hard – this week, there's going to be a carnage because this week is truly what the contest is named after. You've got to survive. You've got to pick a winner somewhere. Where are you picking one? You picking Green Bay? 
You pick, you pick, and you know. Now you might pick Green Bay if John Wolford's a starting quarterback. You know, there, there's no guarantee that line at three of the of this is why I think it's fascinating as Survivor and the lines go together. That line of three for Green Bay. Why is Green Bay favored against anybody? Yep. I mean, I've had Big Daddy staying at my house for the last three days. I've been inundated with Packer information that is way too much for me to handle. I mean, he thinks the Packers should be a nine-point underdog in this game. I mean, that's how much he thinks of them. So they're a three-point favorite. you got the guts to take them against the Rams. I may be with Wolford because you'll never take Green Bay again. Okay, you, you're going to take well, Atlanta with T- Taylor Hart. I mean – yeah. Tell me, where are you going? Well, so I was going to say, in the, the Packers, Michael, that's even moved to three and a half since they sent away Russell Douglas at corner. So it's like moving toward Green Bay um, in that spot, which I'm surprised about because you're missing a critical piece on defense and then you're getting bet even more? Okay, but... You know, that, tells you, that tells you one thing, Stormy. The book thinks Stafford's not going to play. And the book thinks that if Stafford does play, that finger, even though... Even though we know that, you know, Sean McVay said it was fine, it's not. Because you immediately go to the weather in Green Bay at 12 o'clock, you're going to have 47 degrees with 12 and a half mile winds. Is that finger going to hold up clutching that football? You sure he's going to play? Can he stay healthy even if he does play? It's a little iffy. Well, if it's Brett Rippon, then I think the line would move even more. No, but like... I agree with what you're saying when it comes to Green Bay. They shouldn't they shouldn't be fa- I don't care about the weather. I don't care about anything. Like I can't trust Jordan Love at this point. I feel like maybe you would trust Brett Rippon more than Jordan Love even though he hasn't played or a compromised Matt Stafford. I I don't get this number at all. So th- as far as survivor comes, that's that's a no for me, dog. But even okay. the big spreads, Michael, this is where I'm having a tough time. We usually try to look at for survivor teams with at least five and a half point spreads or higher, right? Seeing if you can get that that big favorite that you feel like is really going to dominate the game. Our big favorites this week are the Ravens laying six against Seattle, plus only 311 people have Baltimore left anyway. So it's only a small group of people that could use that should they want to um, based on Geno Smith's recent struggles. Like last week, start fast, finish fast, but I don't know fast, faster, but what the heck did we see in the middle? Geno Smith this year has not been what we saw last year that earned him the contract. So we got the Ravens minus six against Seattle, the Browns minus eight against the Cardinals, and the Saints minus seven and a half against the Bears. Do you really trust any of those teams confidently, at, at not only at those spreads, but just to say a P.J. Walker-led Browns team that's defense that we thought and believe is elite that has not played to that level lately is going to go in and do that against the Cardinals? I know it seems like a good opportunity. Josh Dobbs is out. We're going to see Clayton Toon now. But I don't trust that at all. We don't know what Clayton Toon's going to do. This is another rookie quarterback that we haven't seen. Look what Will Levis did last week. I'm not I'm not in for this at all. I hate this week in Survivor, so maybe it's a good thing I'm out. I think you got to take Cleveland. I think you, you do? Cleveland or Atlanta. Ugh. You have to. I mean, you got Clayton Toon. You got a really good – you got a home team defense. You got a, a, an Arizona team that can't really defend much. You got to take Cleveland. I think I think most people will be on Cleveland. I think most people will be on Cleveland. I, I think, think most will sp- too. There and everybody has Cleveland. There's 1,127 entries that still have Cleveland. But my issue is like Michael. Tell me how you feel about this. I hate fading a rookie quarterback in their debut. I'm all for it game two. I'm all for it after that. But the rookie quarterback in their debut, they're not all going to be Dorian Thompson Robinson, right? Sometimes they pop, and that scares me. 
Yeah, well, but I mean, it's called, you got to, all right, so you want to take Taylor Heineke and, and no. think they're going to beat Minnesota? I mean, that to me is your next play. Like, I don't think you can take New Orleans with Chicago. I mean, of course, they got Montez Sweat down there, so why would you even do that? I mean, they just brought Superman in. Don't tug on his cape, right? (laughs) I mean, no disrespect to Sweat. It's not his fault that the Bears were stupid. You know, he's a good player. But to me, you you try. I don't trust New Orleans. I don't trust New Orleans. New Orleans is, frankly, if you had any guts at all, you know, Chicago, you, you got to take Chicago with seven and a half, even with a rookie quarterback. They're, just, they're begging you to take them. They're giving you that half point. Like, I look at these lines, and I'm trying to think of, like, what are they trying to tell me, right? What are they trying to tell me? Like, I don't understand the eagle line doesn't move, right? So they, they're staying three. That means they're getting good money on both sides. Cincinnati line went to three for a second, and boom, now it's back down to two. So that's telling me they they want more Cincinnati money, right? And so, like, I think these lines, they tell us something. And, like, the Packer line at three and a half, they're telling us they don't think Stafford's going to play. Or else why would that line be three and a half? Mm. I hate that game. So, what about... Could the Texans maybe in a bounce back spot against the Bucks? I think you'll see some people take the Texans. I really do. I think you'll see some people take the Texans, and I think you'll be holding your breath. I think you'll be holding your breath. I mean, Tampa has more of the ticket count. You'll be holding your breath because I mean, you got you got C.J. Stroud, who, if you look at his last three games, hasn't played near to the level that we saw three weeks ago. If you look at his numbers. All right, you got a really good defense coordinator in Todd Bowles who will attack a young quarterback. As you mentioned, sometimes they pop early, but sometimes they struggle. We know that struggle occurs. Do you take him knowing that? Baker Mayfield, I, I don't trust Baker Mayfield on Sunday. You tell me, Michael, is this the hardest week of Survivor so far this season? I think it is. I think this is the carnage week. Unless you take Cleveland and Cleveland does what they should do, which is win. Cleveland should just hand the ball off, you know, play, you know, pressure tune, create turnovers, and win the game with their defense and do not mess it up. Do not mess it up. It'll be a cold day. It'll be 50 degrees in Cleveland, slight wind. Make your field goals. Make tune play on a long field. Win the game 12-3. So you think, I think this is a good note just from like a betting standpoint as well with this game. Like you think that defense is going to get back to form because the last two weeks, obviously what happened against Indy was rough and that ended up being like this shocking high scoring game. But last week, even too, that loss scared me against the, the, um, that loss scared me. I just didn't feel like Seattle should have done that. I mean, they look, the first three drives of the game, they scored 17 points, right? So you're worried about it. And, And for good reason. But Clayton Toon's not going to come out there and maneuver. I mean, all the things that we've talked about, you know, you can say, well, you know, this team's not. I mean, one of the things you liked about what Arizona was doing was Arizona wasn't really not effective offensively. They were actually moving the football. I mean, when you look at it, right, they were actually 18th in the league in third down defense. That's not bad. I mean, that's not great. You're in the middle of the pack. They're 16th in the red zone. So he was actually doing some good things. The problem is the Arizona defense is really bad. They can't get off the field on third down. They're the 30th-ranked team in the league, and they struggle to turn the ball over. I mean, they had three turnovers 
against Seattle, and Seattle still covered the line. Okay, so Browns have to be the pick. If you had the Ravens still, would you would you have interest in them no, against Seattle? No, you wouldn't. I would be scared against Seattle, not because look, Seattle has has a chance to you know they they they, they have good weapons. I mean, they can throw the. I mean, if 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 Geno plays better than he has, they have a great opportunity. I think it'll be a doubt. I mean, you'll be holding your breath into the fourth quarter. I mean, if I had a pick, I would take Seattle. What am I getting six now? I think you'll yeah. see a lot of that number's going to come back. To, if you like Seattle, that number's coming back to five and a half. I still can't believe that because of what San Francisco has done the last three weeks, Seattle all of a sudden is in the driver's seat in the NFC West. Well, I mean, when you don't, you know, when you look, when you give away games, last week they got beat. I mean, Cincinnati was the better team on that day. The other two games they let slip away, miss a field goal. A ridiculous call at the end of the half. They they have themselves to blame, as Belichick would often say. You know, it, it, nobody else. It, we put ourselves in this spot. Nobody else did. A much needed buy this week to get set for the second half of the season. We are going to reset ourselves. Hour two of the Lombardi Line coming up next, and I'm excited for this hour because we've got the top five, bottom five power rated teams. We got a cartoon from our guy Harry Gagnon as well. Going to be a great next hour. Stay with us on the Vsin. And coming up, DraftKings Network as well. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... (laughs) Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 